This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back. It's always game day in Cincinnati, and my favorite podcasts are the podcast after when Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagana. Mike, how you doing? Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I'm doing great. Yeah, what a win. I mean, I was fully expecting the loss. Like, yep. I think the the third quarter, when Trey Hendrickson got that roughing the passer, it was like, we can't get off the field, man. Like, that was stupid. Third and 25. It's like the one situation you can't get a roughing the passer. I don't care if you're doing first down, second down, third and short type thing. But it's like third and 25? They're not getting this, man. And it was like five steps before he hit him. It was just stupid. I think, personally, I could be wrong. But I do feel – he had a little bit of an injury thing. But I do feel like the coaches might have benched him for a couple plays I, after that. Because I, I, I would have. I would have just been like, are you curious? Are you serious, my man? Like – we're getting off the field for the first time and you get to do that. And, and sometimes you just need that, like those mental rep, reps on the sideline for a second. Like, okay, let me get back into this game. And Trey Hendrickson would be the last person I thought would make that play on third and 25. And honestly, you have to be careful with the quarterback now. And I didn't see that in real time to know if that, you know, should have been called or not, but they're going to call it now. They're going to call yeah. it. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't the worst. It, it was an average or from the past. to me, yeah. it was like, Five extra – the quarterback, th- Dalton, threw it, and he was standing there for at least a second, maybe a second and a half before Henderson didn't hit him hard or anything, just came up, two hands, shoved him in the chest and knocked him over. And it's just like, oh, it's just – it's such a stupid penalty. But uh, don't mean to get on the bad because this was awesome. No, what an ending. Jamar Chase with the touchdown. Oh, all these people on Twitter say, oh, you left them too much time. For Andy Dalton? No, I wasn't worried one bit that Andy Dalton was about to make a two-minute drive down the field. They were running the ball well. They needed a touchdown. They didn't need a field goal. So I had no worries about that. Look, this wasn't Patrick Mahomes at Paul Brown Stadium last year when they took about six minutes off the clock on that drive, probably six and a half minutes, which is still unbelievable in real time to think what they did during that drive. But we've seen a lot with this this offense this year. I do have um, a disclaimer. I talked to you about it before we started the podcast. I put it on social media because if you put it on social media, it's always there no matter if you delete it or or you just keep it there forever. I was going to delete it. But I did say after the first drive, I was like, man. Joe Burrow just looks off and the replies to follow that were either, well, he's looked off all season or um, you can't blame Joe. It's this, it's this. I'm like, no, he just looked off. 
And then they put up 30 points after that tweet. So I would love to be wrong every week and just let Joe cook and do his thing. But there's something wild because you see Joe walk into the stadium and obviously he's familiar with Louisiana and the Superdome. Everybody remembers the national championship. But for him to walk in in the Jamar Chase jersey and the retweets to that is, oh, Joe's going to cook today. Jamar is going to get all kinds of touchdowns. It's going to be such a big day for Joe and Jamar. And just a storybook ending with the way this game went. I mean, they were losing with two minutes to go in the game, and Jamar Chase gets the go-ahead touchdown. Joe Burrow looked legit on a lot of throws, really got it going in the second half and thought, this is vintage Joe Burrow, what we saw in 2021. And if you look at the stats to start in 2021 to 2022 and where he's at, or even after the game against the Steelers when he gave the ball away five times, four interceptions, and then obviously the fumble, and he gets – one interception, and he's had 10 touchdowns since that week one. And that's really impressive to see what he did today. Yeah, this was a A-minus game from Joe Burrow to me. I don't think it was peak because it wasn't the entire game. That's my only mm -hmm. issue. I thought he made some nails throws. The first touchdown to Chase was – that was a 30-yard handoff. Like, <laughs> you could not put that in a better place with – great velocity on it he didn't give the safety any chance to get over the top or hit his receiver and chase didn't have that much separation he had a step and he stacked him but if it's underthrown at all chase has to make a contested catch didn't have to the ball was just perfect love that throw he would have had another throw that was a touchdown if chase caught it early it was just that early one i was like oh man i don't think it was a perfect throw from joe it was a little bit behind him it was a little underthrown but it was a contested catch, and it went right through Chase's hands. I just need I need my receiver to make that catch. Didn't end up mattering. And uh, I think the the when Joe clicked this from like a pretty good game into this is vintage Joe Burrow stuff was when he ran that touchdown and right after that play because the play didn't matter because they scored a touchdown on that drive. It was either the next play or the play after that. Uh, the defense on third down they all turned their backs. They started playing man coverage with a, I think it was a double on Chase type thing or maybe the linebackers just up close they turned around and joe's like oh you're gonna turn your back to me okay so he just starts running and there's nobody anywhere near him he yeah just walks right in it was that was vintage joe to me he made didn't make anybody miss in the backfield but he stepped up at the perfect time so that nobody could get him and then just took off because he knew he had green grass in front of him i mean that's just sometimes the best answer you have to man coverage where the defense is all running away from you is to just take off and run who cares what about throwing the ball in that situation yeah and joe liked this so much that uh just moments after the game he posted this on his instagram and he was partying in the end zone when he ran that in and there were moments in this game we talked about where you saw the vintage Joe Burrow, but just running out of what could have been a sack and making something out of nothing is things that we saw in 2021. And this offensive line is playing better. I mean, this is the best offensive line Joe Burrow has played with. And again, we repeat it week after week, and it was going to be week four, week five, or week six when they really started to gel. And here we are after six weeks of football, and, and Joe had himself a day. Yep, I would, I would say offensive line looked like they were gelling. They look like they're in the right system now. Uh, all the gun runs, RP, the RPOs, the gap stuff, the pooling players, running downhill, smash mouth football rather than running zone and running them on the angle. Uh, just love what they're doing. And even early on, I was still like, I like what they're doing. 
Like it, things just weren't clicking perfectly, but they ran an early, it was a long trap, which is when you put your guard to kick out the opposite end. And off of that, there was also a little glance slant RPO uh, route to, from Tyler Boyd. And Joe just flips it out to the Boyd, easy first down. It was, it might've been like the first or second play of the game. And I was just like, I like that. I like, I like what they're running here. That's a true RPO. They ran a lot of package stuff last time where it was, if that corner's off, just throw it. If not, you're just handing it off. There's no read. That one has a real read to it because if that linebacker comes up to fill, then you have Boyd going in that vacated area. So <clears throat> like that play early on, and I thought, okay, I think this offense is going to get rolling. But uh, And they did. So that, that – oh, man. Because we're so used to saying butt. With I know. Team. I almost went to butt, and I was like, no, they got rolling eventually. It was like the butt was the beginning. You know, they, they got rolling, and nothing really bad happened for the offense so much, in my opinion. I love that concept they did for the mix and touchdown as well. Just a levels, very – common uh football concept where your inside guy they put chase there really smart in the slot he runs about 11 yards and then turns in and because of the gravity of chase think of like these defenders are just pulled to him he's like a planet so they're all pulling into chase and underneath is mixing and they all they got one guy turned his back guarding chase the other guys over top of chase trying to come down and mix just catching underneath he's like i got like <laughs> there's nobody in front of me. I got five yards to get in the end zone and nobody's there. It's just easy touchdown. And that's, that's good scheme. I've been yelling for them to add that levels concept for this cover two looks because it really does a good job on that linebacker to give, put him in a bind, but yeah. And really smart to put chase there in that basic, that 12 yard in, because that's going to pull the defense up. And now you got Mixon easy and good catch and run guy. And I would say again, I think Mixon looks healthy. I think he looks like he's running well um, pass protection. Tough spot, didn't do great, but <laughs> uh, when it comes to running the ball and running after the catch, thought he did really well today. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's optimism for Joe Mixon over the last few weeks. We talked about it before we recorded this podcast of what we would see from Joe Mixon when it comes to running the football versus the Saints. And I think, you know, you, you should feel optimistic going forward. A lot may have changed when it comes to the conversation that he was able to have with his offensive line before the Thursday night game and to where they're all at now. Communication, chemistry, all of that matters. Of course, the protection is getting better, but just have that with your running back and the offensive line. And even seeing Joe Burrow out there have all the confidence in the world, what felt like what we've seen from the defense this year, have they've been able to keep them in games. They've been saving games. And you almost just needed this game as a coming out party for the offense to get to 30 points on the road and an atmosphere that couldn't have been easy to play in. But obviously a lot of familiar faces when they played at Arrowhead when it comes to trying to play in that kind of environment and not letting that impact or affect this offense very much. Because I don't know how you felt but in the second half, when I knew they needed to go down and score touchdowns or, you know, at least bounce back with some points that they were going to because it just felt like they were on fire offensively and that was going to happen. Yeah, no, the offense was rolling. So when they when the, the punt was a shank, too. So I was like, ooh, shank punt. 
two-minute drill. I didn't think it was going to happen in one play, but I was no. like, two-minute drill. They just need a field goal. They need 20 yards to get that to shooter. I mean, that's easy. But mm-hmm. then the, <laughs> the Saints, of course, they finally get to a single high coverage in that moment. And, oh, man, with a backup corner. I not Was it a, a Roby? Uh, I don't I can't remember who it was. I think it was Roby. I don't think he's a backup, but he's normally their number two guy. So you got your normal number two guy on Chase. You go to you go to single high and leave him on an island. Chase cooked him on the route, made a miss on the uh, after the catch, and then he makes Matthew miss. And my goodness, from the twenty, he could have moonwalked in. He did. I was almost expecting the gritty into the end zone. <laughs> receiver, like, well, when a receiver gets to look back. And just yeah. say, all right, I'm going to just walk this in. And we have an image up right now on video. And a lot of people can't see this, but we have it up. And Jamar has the biggest smile on his face as he's just walking it in. But I, 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 it was almost too good to be true for Joe and Jamar to have the game that they had. 300 yards, passing yards, 28 of 37, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Then Jamar gets the ball seven times, 132 and two touchdowns. I, it was just absolutely just the perfect homecoming for this duo. I want to get to the defense in a little bit but we've kind of glossed over the offensive line and I know you're going to watch a lot of the tape and we'll get more in depth in the podcast later this week on what it looks like but when it comes to the concerns earlier in the season guys like Lyle Collins Jonah Williams at times you know obviously he had bounced back and he was dealing with that injury how did how did you feel Lyle looked Ooh. Oh, I got so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, uh, this is his best game, I think. He went against a tough opponent, Cam Jordan. Still a good player. Not an elite player anymore, but still a really good player. And it's tough to tell on broadcast. I still remember there's been games before that I went, yeah, that offensive line had a good game. And I get back to watching, I'm like, oh, no, the, the Joes just really made them look good. Um, and uh, Burrow made a few sacks miss. So mm-hmm. I think there is that in my mind. But even thinking of that, I, I didn't think too many of these sacks or pressures really came off that right side. And that's what that's what you've been killing them is that if you get a good player over Law Collins, he's beating him nonstop. He held up. And I know that there were a few plays that he more than held up. I think he got a pancake on somebody over there. Don't want to say it was Jordan because I'm not sure. But I think he got a pancake in pass protection over there. I think he did a solid job just holding up the entire time. The sacks, I think, mostly came – there was one off of the left side between Volson and Jonah. I'd have to go back and watch to say who it was. I think it was a little bit of both. And the other one, uh, the Saints run that cross dog pressure. And it is so tough to pick up with those guys because Demario Davis is a beast. And we saw it. We saw it. <laughs> we saw it. You warned us. Yeah, I was warning you. I was like, I, that's the most underrated linebacker in the league, man. I know Logan Wilson is a dog, but this is a dog too. Uh, but um, yeah, he's he's so good on that. It's just I posted the, the play because I was like, I think this is gonna screw them, but I don't want to I don't want to jinx it or like call it out. And then it did, and I was like, I should have been more forward. Like, hey, Bengals, pick this up, please. But they, they're on that cross dog, which is just one linebacker comes in, he's gonna hit the running back and pull him inside. And the other linebacker wraps around. Usually, Davis is the one that's gonna wrap around. They're both maniacs and will dig drive their head through a running back. So they tried to pick those up in a few ways. They had the running back back. They had him up against the line. It was mixing both times they missed, although I don't remember if P. Ryan had a shot at one of those or not. Tough. But other than those, like you think center, right guard, right tackle, I don't remember any pressures from over there. They, they, they probably happened. I don't think they pitched a shutout, but like none of them blew up the game. None of them gave up a sack. It was just really good game from those guys. Left guard, left tackle. Look, Cordell's a rookie, 
And uh, I don't think he played bad. I just think like he was responsible for a little bit. And then Jonah, obviously a little bit responsible for one of those two, but he played through what a dislocated kneecap. I don't care. He played pretty well considering the circumstances. No, NFL players are tough and, and credit to Jonah Williams for going out there this week. And, you know, maybe that's beneficial when you think of how Zach Taylor puts on his practice when it comes to making guys limited or putting Lyle Collins out on Wednesdays as a rest day. And that's probably going to be what it's going to look like for the rest of the season. They'll probably take it easy with Jonah Williams and then get limited practice in on Thursday and light work on Friday. But yeah, I think you have to be pretty excited when you look at this offense today, offensive line, Joe Burrow, the wide receiver group. I want to get to more in the wide receiver room next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.